We're talking about identifying what's not working this week. And today we're going to talk about whether it's fact or feedback. And we're going to use, we're going to pull back the curtain here. Tom and I are going to talk about a big change that we're undergoing with what we're doing. And we're going to peel back the curtain and talk about fact versus feedback with regards to that. This is going to be a really interesting show. I've got some, you know, I've got some worries about this thing because it's going to be a little more personal than most of our programs. But you're going to learn things you had no idea were going on. All that more is coming up on today's Antidote. So don't go away. Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Do, 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 do. Hey, Tom. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm good, except I was so busy doing the opening, I didn't get through all the technology stuff I had to do. So I'm kind of multitasking. Oh, there, and that's what happens. Ah, come on. Stop. You didn't multitask very well. Oh, can't fix it. It's it's a timing thing. So we need to make the introduction longer? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yes, about 20 seconds. Is that fact or feedback? Oh, boy. It's going to be like that. You, 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 you're in <laughs> a up. Up. I did. <laughs> All right, fans, if you are watching today, watch. If you're watching, watch how many times Bob runs his hand through his hair. It's coming. We'll well, that'll, that'll give you a hint of where we're at with this show. If you're, <laughs> if you're on the podcast, apologize. You won't know, although maybe I'll go one. You can just give him a simple count. That's one. That's two. That's start three. marking them down. Yes. <laughs> All right, good morning and welcome everyone to today's Antidote, our daily broadcast and podcast. Each weekday morning, Bob and I have a conversation around our topic of the week. As Bob mentioned, our topic this week is identifying what isn't working. Today, yesterday, we talked about how do you know. Today, we're going to talk about, is it fact or feedback? I have some thoughts on that. We'll see if that changes from where I am now to after Bob does his introduction. Usually, that's where my my thoughts get modified a little bit. So as we go through that conversation, we welcome your comments. We had a lot of great comments yesterday. And so please keep them coming because it adds value to the show. Then at the end of that conversation, Bob and I will each offer our one thing, our today's antidote, that thing that we hope will help you. If you might be a little bit uncertain, lacking a little bit of confidence, maybe there's a lot of chaos going on in your life or with your business or as your role as a leader, um, and you really can't figure out what your next step is, we hope that that antidote will help you figure out how to take that step, identify it, and then take it um, so that you can continue traveling along your pathway to your own um, the success that you desire. And of course, if you have a one thing, please feel free to share that as well. Um, Before though, we do, we dive into that conversation each morning, Bob and I do our celebration. So Bob, what are you celebrating today? I'm going to celebrate all the high school students that participate in music programs. I was lucky enough last night to go to a high school awards assembly for the Triple M Music Society. Modern Music Mastery 
society. And this is sort of the, uh, what would you say? Uh, I guess just a, like a really high level opportunity. And I got to watch some kids be inducted into that. I also got to see a school celebrate the students who were involved in music. And I didn't really think about it because I was not a music kid. But I've since more recently been learning how to play guitar a lot. And so I know the time it takes and the effort it takes. And I was thinking to these high school kids who were busy with all the high school stuff and then adding music into it. And so music's a really powerful tool in, in our world. I think for me, it's helped me get through some difficult days. It's made some days sunnier. It's, it's really brought me a lot in my life. And I didn't really think about how important it is to have people that create that music, who enjoy that music until I was at that, that awards assembly last night. So Jordan, if you're listening, I bet you aren't, but if you are, because hopefully you're on your way to school, congratulations and congratulations to all the kids at Bel Air High School and all the other high schools around the country that participate in music. And you were a music kid, right? I was, band I, and chorus. There you go. And marching. I, that, that's, <laughs> I, I struggle to play the guitar sitting down. <laughs> I can't imagine moving around. What was your instrument? Well, my instrument, I started the trumpet. Then I moved to the tuba. Actually, it was probably a... Why would you, why would you want to carry a tuba around the field? Well, so here's the thing. I did that one year. And realized that was... <laughs> then I was the drum major of the group, which was awesome. So I didn't have to learn the music or any of that. I just had to try to lead the group. And so that oh, was... Oh, you were the guy with the pointy thing and... Well, when you're in, we were marching bands like down a street, not in a. Oh, not on the field and zigging no. and zagging. Okay. No. That's, yeah, that's a little different. That's like drum corps. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. A little bit different. Okay. So, yes. I and have I no would, idea. And I think many of those music people would say that music dominated their lives in high school and all that other stuff was high school. You talk to kids who are in the arts and that's their school. Oh yeah. And then they have to do class and other things. I just, it, it's a lot of work and I didn't really see it until I watched last night. And I also was amazed at how many kids are involved in music at a school. You know, it wasn't like 50, it was probably 150, 200. Yeah. So there you go. That's my celebration today. Well, last night I was excited because with my guitar lesson, I was able to point out the A notes on the fretboard and get them right, all six, on my first try. That's a huge accomplishment for me over the last three weeks. I thought you were going to say B, the one that you hit when you're trying to find C. Because <laughs> you figured out what B is because you didn't hit C. <laughs> <laughs> you shared that no, with the No, the, the challenge is so, so to get to A, I had to learn B and C and E and F. So A was the real test. And my teacher said to me, we do it over Zoom. And he said to me, all right, play all the A notes for me. I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, wait, I got this. And I got through it the first time, went across the frets and then back and got finished and he, I think he knew how excited I was because I was like a little kid I'm like I did it and he's like that's awesome 
That is so awesome. <laughs> it was this very, very childlike moment for me that I don't usually allow for. But it was quite the celebration. So then after that, an hour later, I'm at a music awards assembly. And I'm like, wow, music really does play a big role. It can. It some. can. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a big part of it's a part of life. Maybe that's what I'll put in the uh, Ring Renegade Gates group today. A question. What's what's the music that you get most inspired by? There you go. Okay. Fair enough. All right. What are you celebrating, Tom? So I'm celebrating uh, that last night I had two lacrosse games, girls lacrosse game, high school. You officiate. Yeah. And the second one, so there's there's two different ways that you have officials on the field. Well, I guess there's three. You could do it by yourself. And that's no fun. Um, usually there's two-person crews or three-person crews. Okay. And three-person just allows you to cover the field a little bit different. So our second game second game I had was three-person crew. And our third person was, the second person was somebody who I work with a lot. And then the third person was a newer official who's trying to learn that system because it's different. Okay. And it was fun just to help them sort of work through where they were at. And the game was, the final score was like 25 to five. So it was kind of a blow up. And so at one point in the game, at halftime, I'd ask the official, I said, okay, so what's the area that you're struggling with in these three positions? And they said, well, it's this, what we call deep trail. So it's kind of like a third set of eyes watching over mostly off ball is what their role is. Although so, so many people are so used to watching the ball all the time that it's hard to go off ball. And so I said, all right, well, and they were worried a little bit about where they were positioned. I said, okay, well, I'll try to peek over and figure it out. And it was 20, it was a 20 goal game. So it was not super competitive. So I could, you know, peek over once in a while. And what I noticed was that, as usual, many people start watching the ball over there because they feel like they don't know what else to watch. And even though we had talked a little bit about it. So I went over. And I said to the person, and we had developed a, you know, and I had worked with them before. And I said, okay, every time you're in this position, you can't watch the ball. I want you to really focus on and try to count how many times you go back and watch the ball. And even to the point of, because the game was so lopsided, we stay on one end. And with three people, you rotate positions every two uh, goals. Sure. So what I was like, "Mm -mm, just stay where you are because the ball is going to be coming back down to this end, pretty guaranteed. Um, And so the person was able to stay there for a while. And, and so I would peek back a little bit and see kind of where they're at and what are they looking at? And, and sure enough, I noticed, I noticed that they were, it was almost like they caught themselves watching and then they'd look away. <laughs> Fortunately, they didn't look at me cause I would smile when I saw them watching the ball and I'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Turn away. And, and at the end of the game, you know, I was just like, okay, so what's the count? And I think, they looked at me and they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, like, well, how many times did you watch the ball? And they said, well, I thought about maybe four or five. I'm like, great. I said, that's, you know, a way for you to start to think about what can I be doing in this role? And so it was fun to help someone else, you know, try to learn this part, especially in a game that it wasn't so intense that you were worried about, well, if they're watching the ball all the time, they're going to miss some things that are off ball. So I need to kind of shade that way a little bit. 
Right. So just the opportunity to help somebody else learn something was fun to do. That. There you so go. Celebrating that. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. Well, we should get into our topic. Okay. So we've been talking about identifying what's not working. And I'm going to posit that everyone has something that's not working in their business, probably in their personal life as well. What Tom and I are going to talk about this morning, I think, is something that's not working the way we anticipate because there have been some changes. And at any point, Tom, feel free to correct me or change or offer your perspective. And that's the uh, Facebook group that Tom and I run, the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. So we started that about three years ago. It was our response to ourselves to COVID. We were both worried about reasons to get up in the morning, and we had the harebrained idea of doing a podcast each morning. And within a month or two, it's like we have these people that are paying attention to this. We should congregate in some way. So we formed a Facebook group. And over the last couple of years, we've... Um, really, um, Ed has a great comment. Tom, do you believe that they really listen? Uh, to, I think they did. I think they okay. Did. All right. Uh, I think they appreciate it. They were thankful afterwards. So, okay. Maybe right. There you go. Thank you, Ed. That was a great question. And so we formed this group and we've helped some people through the group. I think the group itself was really helpful in the early days of COVID. I remember the June right after COVID starts, what, June 2020, I think, we did a reboot event, which was basically we had gone through a month and a half, two months of just being totally isolated. We had an evening party that was, let's re let's just get, let's reorient. And it was fun. We had a musician playing, Chris Montcamo, a friend of ours played. We, we, uh, we joked around, we goofed off. We had a lot of fun that evening. And since then, we've done a lot of things. We've helped a lot of people. The program has been really useful to a lot of people. But as we look at it three years in, the feedback that we've gotten suggests that there's more opportunity for us, that, that, that there's a different set of needs. And so Tom and I have spent, frankly, the last, I don't know, three, four months trying to figure out what's fact and what's feedback. Because the difference being, I think, fact is these things are true. So, for instance, the one thing that's true is we have about 1,300 people in our Ring of Renegades Facebook group. I can go to Facebook right now and show you that number. What is feedback is how helpful it could be to certain people. Some people it may be helpful to, and we have no way of knowing. Some people it's helpful to when they share that with us. Some people this broadcast we do each morning is all they need. Some people this is a start. We're trying to figure out what's fact and what's feedback, and we're making some shifts. So starting Wednesday morning, you'll see some differences in that Ring of Renegades Facebook group if you're in that group. It'll have a new name. It will have a new focus, and it will be our way of using the feedback we've gotten as well as the facts we've gotten to shift in a direction that we think will help more people in the world that we're in right now. And I don't know if you can see, but I'm literally cradling my cat as we talk, which is making this really interesting <laughs> um, because he's licking my arm. What do you have to add to that, Tom? But not the cat part, the rest. <laughs> well, I think that it's, it's, you know, one of those things that we've talked a lot about is um, how do you figure out? And it's, again, why we have this topic is whether something is working or it isn't. 
and and I'm not sure that there's um, that there is a true way to figure that out. I think in some ways, um, much of what we get is funny. I was going to go with everything is just feedback. And I think it's interesting is that there are some facts. Facts are where there are about 1,300 people in the group. And it's fluctuated throughout. Some people have, people have joined, people have left, other people have come in. And so I think that there are um, other opportunities for people to, for us to understand what's going on. And I think, you know, we had a conversation this morning that even some things that I think we think are facts can just be feedback. You know, you, you could even take that there are 1,300 people in the group and you could say as a fact that all you can kind of say is that there's 1,300 people in the group. Whether that means the group is beneficial to them, not beneficial to them, uh, impactful, not impactful, uh, they're interested in it, they think it makes sense, it has value for them or not, all that other stuff is really feedback that we get, almost that we create based on some piece of information that is technically a fact. There are 1,300 people in the group. And I think one of the challenges we have is that so often we go from, we take a fact and create feedback around it, or someone else provides us feedback. And oftentimes we take that as fact. You know, we were having the conversation this morning and, and we were talking about two posts that we did yesterday. So if you're in the group and you haven't checked out the post where each of Bob and I each did a discussion around what um, what the changes are going to look like and why we decided separately. Separately, that's what I said. Each, right? We each. Separately. Well, it could have been that you spoke and that I spoke, but we did completely separately. You know, I did get to see yours before I did mine, but it wasn't like this where we were together. Correct. Okay, and. There were, you know, you're able to go in and look at numbers. How many people watched, how many people liked, how many people commented. And I think it can be easy to take those numbers and then work into a judgment about whether it was valuable or not valuable, whether and, and make that fact. So if the numbers were like, wow, thir or 500 people watched it, must be awesome and valuable. Uh, I think you're combining a fact and creating some feedback from it, whether you say that or someone else looks at those numbers and that that feedback is oftentimes just a judgment on the information, the fact that you get. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have when we're trying to figure out if something is working or not working, which in reality is a judgment, is taking facts and extrapolating out information that we deem as a fact when in reality it's feedback because we don't really know whether you know you unless we were able to talk to every single person in the group say did you see it what was the impact it had on you what was the value it provided was it helpful or not helpful is it making you more likely to continue to participate in the group or not we really don't know what is the fact around it? All it is is feedback that we get from it. And, and I think that that's one of the, the greatest challenges that people have is trying to, um, to come up with and create 
facts. When in reality, most of it is just feedback. And has a couple of questions in there, Bob. Uh, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I was having some trouble for a second. Uh, do my, so Edward says, do my metaphors have more impact than just the facts? And I would say, yes, they do. And uh, he says, are metaphors judgments? What? There, there it goes. Are metaphors judgments? I don't know that a metaphor is a judgment. To me, I think a metaphor is a different way of presenting information so that you see it with new eyes. Well, uh, yes. Just like, just like I just said with new eyes, that's a metaphor, right? I'm right. taking something we know, new eyes, we see things, and using it to describe something else. Which, in some cases, I might, I could have that discussion that the metaphor you choose is in fact a judgment on the, what somebody else just said, right? Because the metaphor yep. you choose has a meaning, says meanings, and those meanings then um, can help us really differently define what we've just heard or what we're trying to express. Kelly is a quick typist. She says, I think metaphors help tell a story. They can be powerful. I think that they can be extremely powerful. But I would also say the judgment part, Tom, as I think about it, is you can use a metaphor in a powerful way to sway someone. You sure. can appeal to someone's emotions with a metaphor in a way that the facts don't. Well, here's the other thing I think about metaphors is that metaphors. And Ed, with me. Here we go. Best best comment of the day. You know, I like a good exactly, Bob. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. <laughs> Ed's figured out your your interest in words of, of uh, affirmation. My love language. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing I think of my metaphors is one of the challenges with metaphors is we have our own perception of what that metaphor means. Uh -huh. And not everyone shares that perception around that metaphor because it's kind of like it's a it's another way to share it. And if somebody could be like, well, that's not really exactly the metaphor I would have chosen, they might get confused. And there might be some miscommunication around what we are trying to say. I 100% believe that metaphors add value. And I use them all the time. Because it allows us to share our perspective based on what someone else has said or what we have seen or what has happened. Um, and we can then relate and hopefully make it relatable to others. Um, if they share the same basic perspective around that metaphor. And Kelly agrees with you, Tom. She says, true, they can tell the wrong story. Or just another story. Uh, right. They can tell the story that the person sharing it is trying to convey, which can be a powerful tool to sway someone. Correct. It's what's real for them. So then is a metaphor fact or feedback? I think it I think it's feedback. That's my belief because it's what it's our perspective, us sharing our perspective, sharing what's real for us with someone mm -hmm. else. And we do it by using a metaphor that we believe everyone sh sometimes we believe everyone shares the same perspective around that metaphor. Or and at least the person you're sharing that metaphor with shares the same perspective. Except you don't always know that. Well, but if I'm sharing a metaphor with you, I presume that you understand what I'm talking about. What was the word you used in there? 
I presume. Right. So you don't but know. If, if, if I shared a metaphor with you about the Serengeti, I don't think you've been to Africa, nor have, nor have I. So that would be a metaphor that probably wouldn't resonate with you. But if I shared a metaphor with you about Niagara Falls, I'm going to guess you've been to Niagara Falls in your life, and so have I. So part of the part of that is knowing the fact of what where the person is, right? Are you tapping your desk? No, why? Do you hear it? There's like a it's like you're tapping the microphone. Oh, you know what? I'm standing and I'm moving. That I I, I I'm moving a little bit. Sorry, that was hearing. No, that's good. I, I I oh I know what it is. My light stand's hitting the microphone. Better now. So Different. anyway, Ed says some people perceive everything as a judgment. Look at the bright side of life. Yes, and some people do. So I I think we get to the whole idea here at the end of the day for one of something better to say is, uh, oh, there you go. Ed says the word of the day is metaphor, all capital letters. Yeah, I never thought we'd get to metaphor. As we look at the situations around us, we're trying to share with other people what we understand or what we think we understand. And we're trying to have a discussion, right? So discussion is two or more people trying to come to a consensus with language to share what's inside their head. Metaphors are one of the tools we can use that to do that. Sure. Metaphors aren't always fact. They're feedback in a sense, I think. And it could be shared feedback or it could be persuasive feedback. Tom, this is just like in a baseball game when blah, blah, blah. Correct. It's, it's us trying to help someone understand something differently and in a way that we believe they are going to understand. And, and understand us. Correct. And relate to. Right. Right. So, I mean, if I shared something that happened, that this is just like when an official does this. If you're an official, you might understand that. If you're not an official, you might be like, okay, I'm learning a little bit about Tom and what he does as an official. And I'm not sure I'm 100% clear on how that metaphor relates to what we've just talked about. And I'm a little unclear. Because I haven't been in that situation. I don't know what that feels like. And better metaphors tend to be universal situations. Ah, are there such things as universal situations? I think everyone has had the experience where they've stood up in front of a group of people and spoken. So if I make a metaphor about that, they can go, oh, I know how nervous that makes me feel. I did that in third grade. I did that in college. I did that when I was in my job. And so that's the kind, if you, if you think of the metaphors that you hear in sermons, if you think of the metaphors you hear uh, in music, in songs, they're very use, universal. You know, Taylor Swift has captured the whole teenage dating experience, metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. That doesn't mean that every, that doesn't mean it's universal, I don't believe. Even standing up in front of the audience. What if I said, uh, you know, sometimes being out in the lacrosse field as an official, because everybody is watching you is like standing up and, and giving a speech. Do you know exactly what, what I'm saying? What, what are my fears? What are my thoughts going through my head? Or how would you perceive that as being said? Well, it would be like being up on stage. It's great. It's a really good metaphor. Why? It's actually, actually, and honestly, it's an analogy. 
because you're comparing two things. But that that's a whole nother story. We're not going to go down that road. I think what happens, though, is that the metaphor is still from our perspective. Yeah. Because you could say standing, it's like standing up in front of a stage or whatever the mm -hmm. create your metaphor. You use standing on a stage. So I was going with that. And for some people standing up on the stage, the most scary moment they've ever had in the life. For others, it's the most exhilarating moment. I love doing it. I really like to me, it is something that I, I feed off of when I'm in front of a group of people. Me I, too. Enjoy, I enjoy that. So is it universal? No, but I think the feeling of that is universal, that you know what it was like the first time and you were nervous and you were scared. Maybe I don't remember that anymore. Well, come on. Uh, just for clarity's sake, Tom, uh, a metaphor directly states a comparison while an analogy provides a more detailed explanation of the similarities. Just one make metaphor that. again. Explain what's the definition. A metaphor of directly states the comparison. An analogy provides more detailed explanations of the situation. Fascinating. So that they're saying that a metaphor is a universal experience. Metaphors are figures of speech that describe something by comparing it to another thing that isn't really, but that helps make the meaning more clear. It states that one thing is the other thing, even though the items are dissimilar things. When you look at a metaphor carefully, it becomes quite humorous, yet it creates a mental image that makes the meaning of your message more clear in the reader's mind. So examples of metaphors. Love is a battlefield. Laughter is the best medicine. He is a night owl. You are a chicken. The classroom was a zoo. Which, again, even with those, is fascinating. Classrooms here, are some, here are some from famous works. Now we get into uh, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Or from Elvis Presley, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Fascinating choice. <laughs> and from. Uh, and again, even with that, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Well, and then from Forrest Gump, life is a box of chocolates. Those are metaphors, two dissimilar things. Okay. Which all then depend on your experience with a box of chocolates or a hound dog. Correct. Yes. And Ed says, yes, Bob, I try to give a universal application to metaphors. One bell for you. <laughs> all right. I, I got to go meet Ed. I got to go make a road trip to meet Ed. That's I'm starting to think a lunch with Ed would be worth the cost of the lunch just to hear him say things I like have that. I have a feeling you're sliding in money on the side to give you <laughs> words of affirmation. That's my thought. All right. So as we try to get back to, I think we had a, uh, we took a little path there. Um, well, I think we took an important I, don't I think we took an important step because I think it, we're really talking about feedback. A metaphor, in a lot of ways, is a way to sway feedback, right? I'm trying to explain to you. So I'm a teacher in a school, and I'm trying to explain to you what my classroom was like today. Yep. Oh, my God, Tom, my classroom was a zoo. Instantly, I've described to you a situation. You picture animals, chaos, all, all that good stuff. Or, you know, you might picture, I don't know, it was 
uh, what's that candy they spin, the sugary stuff? Cotton candy. Cotton candy and, and popcorn and soda. I don't like cotton candy. So, But at least I convey that the classroom wasn't a normal classroom where you're picturing everyone sitting in their seats learning from the teacher. Which is interesting because when I think of a zoo, okay. I think of animals in a cage or in a, in a in controlled environment, which doesn't necessarily create chaos in my, the idea of chaos in my head. Okay, fair. And I think that's that becomes sometimes the challenge of metaphors is we all have unique perspectives on whatever the metaphor is that you've chosen to use. Like you mentioned earlier, well, we've all been to Niagara Falls, so we know what that's like. Well, no, I said you and I have both been to Niagara Falls. Yes, you did. I didn't say we all have. And our experiences at Niagara Falls might have been different. Likely they were. Probably. So the fact that you, even though you knew that I was had been to Niagara Falls. I actually didn't know it. I made an assumption because you're from upstate New York. Correct. Which was a fair assumption. And yet you didn't know what my experience was in Niagara Falls. Right. So while it could have been a metaphor that helped me more clearly understand what you were trying to say, or I could have been on a very completely different page because my experience was... I got soaked on the Maid of the Mist. I was terrified. My parents made me go through the caverns of the winds or whatever that's called. Wow. And you're encyclopedic. <laughs> and I'm and I'm afraid of heights. And we had to stand out and look over the gorge. And I was like, that experience wasn't so great. Then other times I've gone, and I've been like, wow, the lights are out at night. I was able to stand back. Nobody made me get really close. And I loved it. So I think that there's that's and I think that's similar to feedback fair is that people oh, give you after, feedback. The, the parallels are really clear and to go back to what we were talking about uh, and i'm gonna i see ed's got another comment that the common denominator of the zoo is animals whether in a cage or not good point thank you ed appreciate that yeah it's a it, that's a that is a common denominator no doubt could be popcorn Correct. So to get back to where we started, I'm going to bring it back around, you know, with a nice, neat little bow. Let's see. How we, we have been trying for several months to figure out what's fact and what's feedback. And at the end of the day, I think you and I both realized that we couldn't really ascertain enough facts or enough feedback. And I think at a certain point, we kind of said, okay, this is what we feel we want to do based on the information we have and the way we perceive it. And so we are making some shifts to that Ring Renegades Facebook group coming tomorrow. And we will take the feedback that we get from that decision. We'll take the facts we get from that decision. We'll hit a milestone that we haven't agreed to yet, but I'm sure we will later today. And then we'll evaluate it. And then we'll take next steps much like we do when we work with people, when we're coaching them, or much like you and I try to do in our own businesses so that we're not knee-jerking everything. So so if someone says tomorrow, I can't believe you made these changes, these are horrible, we're not going to change it back tomorrow at 3 p.m. We're going to give it a little time to see, and it'll probably settle out. And I think that's the the challenge of feedback is you get great feedback or you get negative feedback. And in that moment, I'm certainly prone to, oh boy, 
you know, you, you saw me react when Ed said, exactly, Bob. If Ed had said, really, Bob, are you kidding me? I'd been like, oh, okay, I'm not going to say anymore. Tom, talk the rest of the program. And I think we all do that in our own ways. And I think that's really one of the ways we identify what isn't working. It's, it's really often the way we respond to facts and feedback is what's not working. It's not always the feedback. It's not always the facts. It's how we respond to it. And I think that's one of the more complicated things. It's the mindset part that I think I've had to really work on in my own life. I've helped some people with it. You have too, because we want everything to work perfectly. We expect it to work perfectly. And then it might not. And if you get stuck in that, it can really kill your confidence. It can stop you in your tracks. And I think that's one of the challenges I face from time to time is, okay, I've gotten some negative feedback. What do I do with that? And I, I, you know, I've told the story before, but when I was teaching college, I taught four or five courses. I get feedback from 140, 150 students. I'd have glowing reports from 96%. And there'd be one or two students among all those classes that hated the class and wrote a scorched earth review, you know, in the evaluation, that's all I would fixate on. I wouldn't even see the positive things. And Ed says, you are correct again, Bob, stand steadfast for a while. <laughs> now he's just feeding the monster. <laughs> no doubt. He's getting value from <laughs> these words of affirmation he's giving to you. And so he's just keeping sending them along. It's fine. <laughs> just remember, Bob, it is feedback, not fact, what he's saying. But look at how I respond to it. I, and, and we do this. Of course. And you're seeing me respond to it absolutely how I am. You can tell people, Tom, you've seen me outside of this. This isn't me acting, right? This is, oh, no. you've seen. You, Bob loves his word of affirmation. That's that's who and what I am. I And I need to know that. I need to know that I can react very favorably to people who give me positive affirmation because that can cause me to make decisions that are different than I would make if I didn't get that feedback. So I've, I've got to be consciously aware of that every day. And I've got to have people that surround me that help me see that you're someone who after the show is probably going to say, okay, Bob, I know your head's swelling. You need to like, remember, you've got to get back to earth. You won't say it that way, but there will be something that you do because you're someone I trust and someone I value. And you know that it could cause me to go in a direction that may not be the way I would have gone without it. Well, yes. And I think that's, you know, that's part of it is that's and part of my one thing is that I think we take feedback as fact. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest challenge with that is if we get feedback, we like, we take it as fact. And if we get feedback, we don't like, we take it as fact. Or we don't take it at all. Oh, that person doesn't understand me. Forget it. Yeah. Although I, I think it tends to go the other way. Like, you could get 20 words of affirmation. Let that be my challenge today. <laughs> and someone then gives you one word of, I don't know, what's the opposite of affirmation? Anyhow, 
one word of disaffirmation. I don't think that's a word. Negativity. And negativity. Negative and I feedback. Would, I would imagine that that would put you into a tailspin quicker than the, it, it would eliminate the 20 things. You would that imagine that, or you've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> that Have you not been around me for the last two weeks? <laughs> I don't really want to say this. And I, I may say that that may be a fact. <laughs> Although I can't, I'm not sure that I could. Well, I might, I don't know. That's an interesting, that might be a fact. Anyhow, what I, what I think is that we take that feedback and we believe it's a fact. And that then drives us. And depending on how much we believe it's a fact, it significantly usually has us make judgments about decisions we've made, or in this case, what is working and what isn't working. And I think the thing for us to remember is that facts are typically facts in the moment, right? We said earlier that the, it's a fact that we have just under 1,300 members of our, of our group. Could be 1,100 by now. <laughs> Could be 1,100 by now. Could be 1,500 by now. The fact has now changed. Time usually has an impact on facts. And so that's why we have to take them at face value. And not that. And so they're just feedback in a moment of time that we chose to look at that page and say, how many members do we have? Because somebody could say, well, it's not really a fact now because I just went and joined. And so now you have 1,302. And they would be correct. And so I think that it's it's we have to be cautious of how we leverage facts. Because in some regards, facts are really just feedback in a moment. And that feedbacks aren't fact. Feedbacks are just feedback. And that's why I often encourage people to say, don't qualify them. As positive or negative it's all just feedback because again you don't have all the facts bob got you know likely in a classroom you got 80 percent, 70 percent of people who did your evaluation you didn't get 100 percent, so you don't know how all the class feels you don't know if people were just like oh my god it's another thing and i'm just gonna check the box yeah he was awesome great send it in i'm done with this i'm done with the class i'm done with school so really students, thank you. <laughs> you helped you helped create the monster that we're now dealing with today. And yes, that was a metaphor. <laughs> In some ways, yes. And that was, I think, a metaphor. Is that correct? <laughs> but it all depends <laughs> on how you think about monsters. Yes, because they're dissimilar. <laughs> Though they are very similar in this case. Yes. So your one thing was that, right? Yeah, my one thing is that okay. facts can change over time, and they often do. And it's all just feedback. Ed didn't want you to feel left out. Correct, Tom. Tom marches on even facts. There you go. Yes. I, and I think my one thing would be a little different, Tom. I agree with what you said, but I think one of the things I've learned is to surround myself with people who can help me determine what the facts are, what the feedback is, and keep me grounded in that middle space so I don't get too high from the positives or too low from the negatives. And that really has given me a different level of confidence. And it's empowered me to make decisions differently than I would have probably two, three years ago. And I think my decisions around my business, I think my decisions around my personal life are more consistent with what I want to do because I'm not so wildly reacting in the moment to feedback or facts. 
Fair. Excellent. Okay. Wow. You 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 were you were quiet for a second. I was like, did I say something I shouldn't have? I was letting it sit in. That was a that was a oh that was a pregnant pause. It was, which in music okay. is, can be very valuable and very impactful. <laughs> Haven't got that far. I'm still trying to learn my notes. <laughs> There's a pregnant pause where I go, where's the A on this spread? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that has, has value. Ed says a leaf on the wind. <laughs> there you go. Is that me or you? Yes. <laughs> and no. <laughs> All right, everyone. If you have a one thing you would like to share, please feel free to put it in the comments. And thank you to Ed and to Kelly for sharing your value. We greatly appreciate it. Um, so of course, if you have other value you want to share, share your one thing or anything else around, uh, what isn't working or identifying what isn't working and is it a factor? Is it feedback? And if you're listening to the podcast, we'll say it again for the last time. Uh, if you don't have anything, if you have something you want to share, cause you can't share in the feedback, join us inside the ring of renegades, Facebook group. Oh. Tomorrow will have a different name. And, uh, cause we know that you'll be sharing value that others will benefit from and that you might um, find something in there that has value for you. That again, it's just feedback and it might be valuable feedback. All right, everyone, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, we, thanks so much for being today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, <laughs> 7 a.m. ish Eastern time, uh, or uh, we'll see you in the Facebook group. Hey, whatever you do, Embrace the renegading you. No matter what feedback, what facts come at you today, embrace the renegading you. It's so worth it. This one, yes. Forever and renegade. Forever renegade. Yes, indeed. And You know, I think one of the valuable things about that group, it has helped people identify. I think some people came in and weren't really sure. I'd be curious, Ed, if you were positive that you knew what a renegade was when you came in. Or have if you helped discover that. I think that's one of the reasons that we were having a discussion about do we need to modify the group a little bit because maybe people weren't clear. So now we have an opportunity for people to join the group and then figure out, oh, wait a minute, I am a renegade. So that will forever be a part of, well, I shouldn't say forever because you never know. Facts do change. And- uh, It'll be a part of whatever group we go forward with. And that says I'm the instigator. <laughs> That's a very clarifying comment. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for being with us. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Um, so go out. Bob said, become a renegade. Yes, I would agree with that. Go out and enjoy your day. And we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's antidote powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, follow us on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the renegade in you. <laughs>